0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Broken Axle. Uh, We're doing a special episode tonight. Taking a minor break from our decades in automotive history. No worries, we'll be back after that next week. And taking a hot take on the release of the new Bronco. Uh, Obviously, it's been in uh, every automotive journal on the market right now. And uh, Ford's been pushing it real hard. Adverts, price sheets are getting leaked everywhere. Uh, pictures, interior shots, anything you want's out there on the interwebs. But uh, we're going to talk about it, and the obvious competitor, the thing that rhymes with heap, and the other what might have been a competitor but absolutely isn't, the Blazer, And just going to see where that goes. Uh, So tonight, we're getting joined with the usual nomadic giant, Craig. Yo. And uh, one of the guys from uh, one of our early, early episodes, Nate's with us again. Hello. Nah. Nate is uh, probably going to be one of those dudes pre-ordering one. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm thinking about it, but I'm trying to convince myself that I don't need another toy in the
1: yard. But he really does. But I kind of do.
2: <laughs> yeah. See, you need to get the manual so I can roll your gears.
1: I yeah, really, I, I really do think that the base manual is kind of where it's at, as far as like I just want to go off road and have fun, not like I need to live with it. I
0: so my thing is I feel that if you're able to get one for, uh, you know the base manual is going to be hard to find. So you're going to right. have to either just get super lucky or you're going to have to special order one to get it. Right.
2: Well, so well, what if you, it looks like as far as the reservations, yeah. You reserve it, you're build to order. So if you want it a base manual, now's the time to get it because you're going to reserve it, you're going to build to order and then they're going to just ship it to your preferred dealer and then you'll have your base manual. So it's not going to be hard to find right now, but later on when they're just have stuff on the deal lots, it's going to be hard to find. And then later on, the dealers are going to be less inclined to order your truck that you want because they're going to have stuff on the lot already that they're trying to push.
0: Oh, that's a matter of uh, if you run into that issue, then you need a new dealer. Tell us just yeah. to pack oh, I agree. I've special ordered uh, three Fords now. And it's not a big... With Ford, at least, corporately, it's not a big deal to special order a car. Uh, if you get a dealer that doesn't want to do it, you just need a new dealer because those dudes suck. Hell, I special order to Fiesta.
1: And uh, Wait, I don't has- know what the profit margin on Fiestas is, but it can't be great. One of the... I, I don't even think they're making money off of it, honestly. <laughs> I wonder... Right? If I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's actually a good topic for starting point for the actual bronco and i know nothing about the off-road vehicles we are outside of my comfort zone in forte with this but price ranges the starting for the base and then goes up to the four door which is the big end, and then you have the sport what are your guys' takes on kind of what we're seeing as far as introductory price pre-dealer markup um on where it's going <laughs>
2: I see it's very comparable to the Jeep Wrangler. I think Mm -hmm. what they did is they opened up the Jeep's playbook and they said, all right, how can we get this to be the same price point? Because they're within less than a grand of each other.
0: Yeah, and uh, that that tracks on pretty much every trim level and like four-door to two-door and all that. Like It uh, tracks really well with the Wrangler. One thing I will say in the Ford's credit, though, is a base-base two-door is uh, within a couple hundred dollars of the price of a base-base two-door Wrangler.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: However, the two-door Ford only comes in a hard top, which is an extra cost option on the Wrangler. Mm -hmm. And the base Bronco has uh, several other options that are uh, would be extra cost options on a base Wrangler. Uh, you don't see them very often, but a, a extra base model Wrangler has nothing in it. I mean, straight up nothing.
1: Like, take the garden hose and hose off the interior or nothing? Uh, I mean, there's that. Uh, you don't have to worry about the car...
0: There's no carpet because they're just bare steel floors. Uh, You don't have to worry Ah. about the floor mats because floor mats are an extra cost option.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: At one point, I don't know if this is still the case. Uh, I was looking at JLs when this was an option. But uh, air conditioning is an option. It's not standard. Uh Oh. I haven't seen the current.
2: Wrangler or the Bronco?
0: Wranglers. Air conditioning, at least uh, on the previous gen, was an option still on the super base models. Which always blew my mind, because this would have been uh, like 2015-16 when I was looking. And, like,
1: who does that? Jeep, apparently. (laughs) Thank you, FCA, for maintaining true to your roots of only giving people exactly what they need. And nothing else and literally nothing else I mean it's a classic
0: thing right you uh you set it up that way so you can have a super low advertisable price right and then just don't actually you know nobody's actually going to buy that because that model sucks right
1: that does well that- that does bring up the second point here and I'll shoot it over to you, Nate, real fast before I bring it up.
2: So I was going to go on with that. The, the base mm-hmm. here we've got, so I've got the brochure popped okay. open right here for the base. So we're looking at standard four-wheel drive, part-time selectable. You're getting a 2.3 liter EcoBoost with a manual transmission with your extra crawler gear. Uh, you got the removable doors on the roof. Mm-hmm. They have Ford's new terrain management system. The goat modes. You, you know, you get your steel wheels, 30 inch tires. It comes with Sync 4 with an 8 inch touchscreen, carpet floors, cloth seats. And one of the coolest features with the Bronco is that their fancy Sasquatch package is available on the base. And it goes all the way up to their first edition model.
1: Yeah. So I mean, you can get Sasquatch
2: uh, on any of those models.
0: Kind of sorta. I think once you get past the Wild Track, it's no longer an option. It's mandatory, right? Well, it's standard.
2: But it is it's yeah. a, it's a it's on yeah. it. So yeah. Wild Track and the First Edition both have Sasquatch package as a standard option.
1: And that now and if that... you didn't
2: want the Sasquatch package, but you wanted some of those features that are on the Wild Track or the First Edition, you can go down. So if you wanted say the wild track but without the Sasquatch you can get yourself the Badlands, which is basically the Wild Track. You know. And then if you wanted to upgrade to you know the two point seven liter twin, twin turbo EcoBoost you can get that. You can upgrade to it. You can now when you do that you're gonna lose your manual because unfortunately the V six does not come with the manual, but you can get it with the ten speed automatic, which is not a bad machine either. Uh, and then also going to the Sasquatch, you used the manual transmission. Yep. So, and that has been confirmed as of right now. Maybe later on they will change their mind. Maybe future models, future years, they're going to bring a manual with the same package. But as of right now, for the
0: release, they're
1: not offering that ability. No. Sad face. Yeah, all all three people in the back are crying. (laughs) 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 I'm sorry, Steve, but like you're in you're in the minority, vast majority here about wanting a base model car with the manual behind the EcoBoost. Oh no, no, uh, it's not that I want a base model; I want the (laughs) stick.
0: I've just gotten used to accepting sticks and base models being a thing.
1: Yes. Um. What's interesting uh, to note here is that the first edition fully loaded out four door is a sixty-two, sixty-three thousand dollar vehicle. And to me, that's like the price of two base two doors to to the point of where <laughs> you could actually buy one yeah. to do your running around but, and out in town, and then you buy the other one to actually do all the serious off roading you want to do.
2: But it's the same thing with the Rubicon. Right. If you get a fully kitted out Rubicon, it's at the same price point.
1: Yeah. And at sixty-two, I gotta start asking the question of like what other maybe not as extreme, but what's more comfortable off-road vehicles I could be in, aka Land Rover. I mean, you do um, want it to run though. Right, right. And I do you want it.
2: the top to come off?
1: At, so again, out of my out of my wheelhouse, do I for like a one day at the beach, I get the soft top or the the removable top. I I get it. But for like a serious, like quote quote, Overlander, where you're going to spend two or three days out in like the desert or the highlands, do you really want a, a removable hardtop? The doors uh, I get, the doors I get, but like the hardtop,
2: it depends. You know, it, it's an image. I think that's mostly what you're what we're looking at here for the Bronco and the Wrangler right. is an image. It's why the Bronco or correction, the Wrangler has been so popular and has stayed so popular is because of that image. The right. go free, take the top off, do whatever you want. Go anywhere kind of image, and it has just over the years become cool. Like you got If you want to be cool, get yourself a Wrangler with the top that comes off. Well, now Broncos in the game. Yeah, yeah. and we're I- going to see where that goes. And I have a feeling that with the retro styling, because we're going back to the original Bronco look.
1: Yep. With modern amenities,
2: with the extremely large range of accessories, it looks like that they're having just standard and available as optional equipment, uh, it's very much like a buffet where you can just pick and choose what you want and throw it on there. As of right now, I don't know right. if later on that you're just gonna start consolidating things down to, oh, you have to have this package to get these other options, which I see happening anyway. But there's a lot of stuff already. There's a whole range of different levels. There's a whole range of different options that you can put on these trucks, and I think it's going to appeal to a lot of people. So a lot of people that wanted a Wrangler but didn't quite like how they drove, they're going to be moving to the Bronco because the Bronco is going to drive more like a car.
1: It did say that the Broncos all have a hydraulic electronic sway bar, um, oh, on off. I don't think. They, I guess. I don't think they it's all. Selectable. Have that selectable okay yeah, it's
2: on certain packages so the badlands gets it the wild track gets it the first edition gets it it's, it's a selectable sway Probably. bar so I you can disconnect it as well it yeah. might be part of the
1: sasquatch that would be a sasquatch package. thing which, that's, that's yeah. pretty cool, right? Because you all, you all want that articulation, but honestly, driving a big lifted a pick-em-up truck with no sway bar sucks in any other position that's not over rocks.
2: Yeah, Sasquatch package includes a 17-inch painted aluminum bead locks, 35-inch tires, front and rear electronic locking axles, a 4.7 final drive ratio, high clearance suspension, uh, the trick Bilston shock absorbers and high clearance fender flares.
0: So, so cool. it's not
2: specifically stated in there for the.
0: Yeah, so sway one cool bar. thing here uh, for the Broncos hydraulically set up sway bar disconnects, because mm-hmm. there are several manufacturers now that are doing disconnectable sway bars electronically. Typically, uh, most of them can only be disconnected and reconnected when the truck is sitting flat and stationary. The Bronco's hydraulic setup is able to be disconnected under load with the truck flexed out. Which that's going to be a big thing, right? That means you can get uh, up into an obstacle and realize that you need more articulation or just that you whiffed it and probably should have disconnected the sway bar before trying that obstacle. Yeah. And you don't have to get to somewhere flat and level to be able to pop your sway bar loose, or like with some of the manual sway bar disconnects where you have to, you know, actually get out of the truck and go do it. Right, you can literally, you know, with the suspension torqued up to one side, just pop the loose, hit the button, and disconnect the front sway bar. And there's a couple of videos of them doing that in the proving grounds vids mm-hmm. where the truck's all flexed out and they pop the sway bar loose, and you can see the body settle as it suddenly unlocks another couple inches of articulation.
2: So I'm really interested now looking at these brochures and the media materials that they've released so far. I only see the mention of the adjustable sway bar disconnect only on the Badlands edition. I don't see it listed under any of the other trims.
1: And see, so This is what kind of this is gonna bring up the second point of what I wanted to bring up outside of price is that like this whole vehicle is surrounded around I'm not gonna I'm gonna use the word gimmicks, but I want everyone to take it with a grain of salt because that's kind of what the whole point is. But it's like with a Wrangler, you buy, you look at the overhead like price and say, this is gonna get me a Jeep, and now I can go do Jeep things so I can have Jeep specific winches and Jeep specific, you know, camper trailers and Jeep specific water bottles. Um is the aftermarket going to be able to supplement the price difference between if I wanted to buy a base in manual with my super awesome EcoBoost four-cylinder, which is awesome in every way and I have no problem with it, which I really don't, can I, you know, go into the aftermarket and get the equivalent pieces that I don't want to spend for like a Badlands that's going to get me an automatic, or am I going to have to do what I'm doing right now with my own Mustang and have to dive into the ports, Ford's parts bin and hopefully some other guy has to take off and try to make it work with my rig?
0: I have a feeling of,
2: it's going to be that ladder.
0: Uh, not necessarily. So, Ford's already said that they're okay. planning on a at least 300 part, which I mean, that part numbers could be anything, but a 300 part number deep uh, accessories at launch that you can. Uh, and yeah. this is kind of a change from what uh, Mopar used to do, right? So, Mopar uh, back in the mid early 2000s was doing this at dog dealers where they had a ton of uh, not like accessories as far as valve stem caps and, you know, colored steering wheel covers, but actual accessories like shit. People would go buy in the aftermarket available right. through Mopar that you could buy with your new car and wrap up in your financing and everything else. And I think Ford's going to try and do that as well.
1: Right. So and I think that- like it, they would outsource a bunch of these aftermarket parts and then throw the Ford's name on it or the, the, the Bronco's name on it and then sell it to you. Right. But they'll have it dealer installed and it'll you know be part of your, your
0: financing when you buy the truck or whatever. Yeah. And it's very possible. Uh, a lot of the current uh, FOMOCO, I don't know, FOMOCO Ford racing stuff Mm -hmm. Ford Racing Performance FRPP. A lot of that stuff is made by somebody in the aftermarket and just rebadged as Ford Racing gear.
1: Yeah. Uh, Nate, you were saying something?
2: Mm. Well, I'm looking at the the trim packs.
1: Yeah. I
2: mean, yeah, it looks like it's just the Badlands and the first edition, because the first edition... It's like they picked all the best stuff off of all the editions and stuck it on the first edition. Right. But those are the only two that have the stabilizer bar disconnect. So if you want that disconnect, you're getting a bad lance because all the first editions right now are spoken for. Yeah. So stabilizer bar disconnect sounds cool, but it's only available on one trim package.
1: So for this now. is where I kind of like would challenge Ford, like, hey, make this the actual like part of your aftermarket. Like I can get this dealer installed. Because a lot of the stuff nowadays, and I'm coming from the Mustang world, and the Mustang's the Mustang. The chassis is the same. They're using the same differential, the same driveline components, same subframes. It's really easy to kind of skip the aftermarket and go straight to Ford's parts bin and be like, Oh, I want to use you know, the tow links from a GT350R that only costs 80 bucks versus BMR tow links that are $170. No, that's yeah.
0: entirely possible, right? That uh, the switch, like for the disconnecting sway bar, the switch isn't there, but it's entirely possible mm-hmm. that the wiring will already be there, both in the dash and at the front end. Yeah. And it's just a matter of getting the parts.
1: Yeah, it and, could uh, be. And I, I know...
0: ...reprogramming the ECM, but that's becoming and I know... more common. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. I was saying, yeah, and I know that with the modern Fords, exactly that's true, is that you have, like, I don't have fog lights on my car, but the wiring harness is still in the car. It's just tucked up neatly. Like, I think they're just making one wiring harness and they're going to slap it in there. The issue I could see being, though, Stephen and Nate, is that if you bought, like, the four-cylinder, you probably would not have this sway bar end link disconnect because it was never available on a four-cylinder. It would be on the V6 chassis. I could see that. Uh- the
2: Swiss, so, Badlands come standard with the four cylinder.
1: Okay. Yep. Changes things up.
2: Yep. So, the Wild Track is the only one that comes standard. The Wild Track and the first edition are the only ones that come standard with the 2.7 liter mm-hmm. motor. Everything else is standard four cylinder, and then every, you have to upgrade up from there. Uh, the Outer Banks come standard with the auto, but all the other trucks trims other than the wild track and first edition come standard with a manual
0: and the four banger
2: and the four banger
0: um okay so an interesting one here uh just to take on one of the internet's general complaints there's mm-hmm. a bunch of people giving the uh guard but it should have had a v8 because murica and stuff <laughs> well yeah i know
2: where you're going with this
0: yeah <laughs> is it that obvious there's a couple of things to talk yeah. about here. Uh, for one, a lot of people forget that the original Bronco uh, is probably not what a lot of people are thinking of as the Bronco, right? The original back in the 60s Bronco. Uh, didn't all come with V8s. Uh, straight 6 was probably the most common engine choice for them from Ford's small 6 family. Right. Uh so for that, right? It's uh, it's definitely an homage to the OG that you don't need a V8. Also, with the two point seven making, uh, what is that, four hundred foot pounds of torque? Yes, sir. Uh, I may be going out on a limb here, but I'll take a limb, and uh, you know, this may be the hill I die on for internet comments. I'm pretty sure that's more torque than any Bronco outside of the Centurion has ever made.
1: And I think it also backs up, even with the four-cylinder, I think it also backs up that Ford can stick to common engines that are readily available and not have to wedge in a special motor, which, you know, break that common off, make a new common, that leaves them room to make like a Raptor or something stupid, like a a 5.0 powered Bronco for no reason. It gives them room to grow but, with the, the chassis, right?
2: You talk about that. There's a lot of people already talking about sliding in a Coyote motor into this because it's already on the same generation of motors. you got a 2.7 liter in an F-150 and they've got a 5.0 in an F-150. If the 2.7 fits, everyone's saying that a 5.0 is going to fit inside Ooh. that block. I guarantee within a week of that release of that truck, someone's going to have a V8 in there.
0: Yeah, it'll be the second guy behind the LS guy no I think they're going to go
2: with Coyote first and then there's going to be an LS guy I mean they're they're going to see a bunch of everything I bet you're going to see a Hemi in these things you're going to see an LS you're going to see a 5.0 yeah and I would not be surprised if in a few more years you're going to see a Goliath inside one of these things (laughs) yes it is true you know from the factory this is definitely more torque than anything's ever any Bronco's ever had
0: And that's where I'm saying, like, a lot of people are hating on the four-cylinder and sixes and not offering a V8. Like, man, the current crop of the EcoBoost baby motors is really good.
2: And I'm I'm really interested in seeing what the fuel economy is on this. Because I have a feeling that this is going to put out the best fuel economy with either motor. That anything that the Wrangler puts out other than its diesel.
0: So talking about fuel economy, it looks like the Jeep is available with a 2-liter 4-cylinder gas engine, as well as a diesel, and the gas is looking around 25 miles to the gallon, which is competitive with the 4-cylinder Bronco, at least as far as we know so far.
2: That is indeed correct. They also have the diesel, which is pushing close to 30 miles per gallon. But then you have all the diesel issues plus the diesel premium to get into that.
0: Yeah. And the thing there is that this sort of vehicle isn't a fuel mileage vehicle. Like it's just not, it's got the arrow of a brick, you know, big tires, all that jazz.
2: But it's always a question. Everyone's going to ask, you know, even when you get into the super duties, people are asking you know, what's the fuel economy? Well, it's not EPA rated, but they're still asking people, what kind of fuel economy am I going to get?
0: For sure. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I get the fuel economy in the case of the Super Duties and stuff because, uh, you know, if you're doing a ton of miles or you're towing trailers for a reason, then fuel economy matters. You're trying to, you know, reduce your operating cost or whatever. Yeah, these are off-road toys. Like, nobody asks what the fuel economy or the gallon per hour burn rate is for a side-by-side or a Razor
2: right but you don't go that far you know people are looking at how far off road can I go before I have to start worrying about bringing gas with me
0: oh, that's a fair point that's a fair point what's your take Craig fuel fuel mileage
1: matter or not in the case of off roady toys uh, so like with many staunch of views about off road vehicles and that it can be any vehicle you don't give a shit about and Harken back to one of our early episodes about the difference between gas mileage between vehicles. Isn't really a big factor. I doesn't matter when you're the, the other thing too. And this is the big thing too. And I think everyone needs to hear this at the off-roading level. When you are off-roading, you are not going to get anywhere near 25 miles to the gallon. You're going to be getting like Very seven. Current. You're going to get seven, right? You are crawling at 10 miles an hour for a couple hours straight. Like, People don't realize this, non-off-roaders don't realize this about off-roading, that mileage only matters in those moments when you're actually using your vehicle and then you know you're trying to cross like the Rubicon and you're still gonna bring 30 gallons of gas with you anyways, just in case. So like does mileage so, really matter? No.
2: So I think what you need to really look at then is your engine specs because you want to have lots of power and lots of low end torque at lower RPM so you're not using as much mm-hmm. fuel per minute. As you're moving along those back roads.
0: Right. So the thing there is that I don't know that it matters as much as you would think
1: as far as engine spec. So you would say, like, between the EcoBoost four cylinder versus the V6, even the V6 has a little bit more torque up, down low. It doesn't I don't matter. Think it'll matter. If... Yeah. So what winds up happening, and the
0: same thing happens in trucks, right? Where uh, traversing. Uh, X terrain requires X amount of power and torque. Mm-hmm. And if the EcoBoost has to run at 65% load, like the, sorry, they're both EcoBoost. The four cylinder has to run at 65% load to generate the required amount of power. And the 2.7 only has to run at like 40% load. Your fuel mileage between the two is going to wind up being basically the same. Right. Yeah,
2: it's negligible.
0: Cause we see this in trucks all the time, right? Where smaller engine pickups. Uh, If you put any kind of weight behind them, don't actually have any difference in fuel mileage to their bigger engine brethren. The only place it starts to come into play is when you, well, even in diesels it happens. Uh, Higher spec, higher powered diesels don't get worse mileage than the lower spec ones.
1: No, well, I'm saying gas to diesel because like we did. Oh, yeah, that's a a whole. Yeah. Different fuel, different density. That's a whole thing. We did we did a, a single axle iron trailer, sorry, a dual axle iron trailer with an IROC in a fifteen hundred Ram and got like eight miles to a gallon, and then we did it again in the F uh, two hundred and fifty HD with a diesel and got like thirteen. So like, yeah, definitely a huge difference. But like the Ram got eight,
0: and what did your Saab get with the
1: trailer? Saab average. Uh, so it's almost unfair because there was at one point where we had to cross the mountains, but relatively speaking, it was highway consistent speed and it still got like 13, 14.
0: Not really. It's surprising.
1: I mean, aluminum single axle Miata, like it's not, it's loaded, but it's It's not not a ton of weight. Yeah. yeah, It's not a, it's not a dual axle iron with an IROC Z sitting in the back. That's also 4,000 pounds. Yeah. I got you.
0: But yeah, that'd be my thought on the mileage, like off-road mileage. If you're actually using, uh, a significant amount of, uh, power and torque. Mm -hmm. The mileage is going to be determined by, uh, how much power you're using more so than the engine setup. Uh, that said, that would be unless your requested amount of power is more than one engine can deliver and not more than the other one can deliver. In which case, yeah, the larger engine is going to use more fuel because it has the ability to right? in order to fulfill your request.
1: And the other end
0: of the extreme is also true, right? When you're at the super low load cruise Mm -hmm. where your larger engine can just only go so low, you know, as you get lower and lower in your loading, it gets less and less efficient. You got part throttle pumping losses and stuff like that. And your smaller engine starts to get more and more of a gap on the larger engine. But that scenario is really only applicable
1: for like minimum load, you know, 55, 60 mile an hour. Steady state cruise. So, so even out in town, going to work and back, it's still not going to make that much of a difference to pick a four cylinder versus the V six. I don't think so. Yeah, that uh, I has agree.
0: been my experience with most vehicles that have like multiple engine choices.
1: That the only place where it actually matters is steady state low load. Yeah, I, I agree with him on this too. Doesn't matter if it's my v8 truck or it's my v6 mustang or back in the BRZ, i still got about 16 17 miles a gallon going to working back didn't matter what yeah. car it was the yards was the only you know, one <laughs>
0: <laughs> once again it's not using more fuel because it can't yeah <laughs> the engine is tapped out all the time
1: yeah so in in with this i guess um Nate, because you're looking at buying one, what would be your ideal spec? And what, And I, I'm guessing that you'd probably be among the the status quo with like the normal, I want to actually use this vehicle for its intended purpose and not just fake off-roading looks.
2: Yeah, so I'm looking, I wanted to do off-road, but I'm also going to be using this as my daily driver. Right. So I want a comfortable. I drive on average 35 to 45 minutes round or each way to mm-hmm. work. So I want, I'm going to be in something for a while. Yeah. So I want, you know, some more creature comforts with it. Uh, I'm personally looking at a wild track. You okay. know, I like the bigger motor. Um, when we bought my wife's truck, we got her a Durango. We had the choice between the V6 and the V8 and I went V8 all the way. Mm-hmm. And my wife is happy with that. And, Cause she's driven the V6 after we've bought in the V8 and she is disgusted by the V6 every time she gets behind one keeper yep right (laughs) so i want the bigger motor unfortunately it comes with the auto which is not really a big deal for me um mostly because my wife doesn't know how to drive a stick so this allows her to drive the bronco when i'm not
1: driving it right
2: uh so we're getting the big motor we're getting the 10-speed auto, which is good for the bumper-to-bumper traffic we get here in Atlanta. So the stop-and-go traffic, it'll be easier. Um, I want the Sasquatch package because I want the big 35-inch wheels. Uh, I want all this stock, right? Uh, yeah. As much as I like to work on cars, I'm at the age and my kids are growing up. I don't have a whole lot of time to spend working on cars. so I just kind of want it all there and ready to go and wrapped yeah. up under a warranty So that if anything goes wrong, I just bring it into Ford and I say, fix it. I'm done. And from what I've read, it comes with both the hard top and the soft top. So I can switch between the two as needed. Okay. Summertime moving, I'll be doing rocking the soft top in the winter. I'll be putting on the hard top so I don't get too cold. Right. Uh, It's got the heated seats. It's got... Pretty much all the options, you know, the standard wild track seems to have everything that I want. Um, you also have the options to go up to their high and luxe packages and then their leather trim seats, which looking at what's included in those packages, a lot of the stuff, I don't really think I need any of it. You know, their high package includes the 12-inch the center stack touchscreen. You got your 360-degree camera, which honestly, the truck isn't that big. I don't think I need a 360-degree. Camera. Uh, some additional sound deadening, a forward sensing system, side view, mirrors, uh, the LED approach lamps and spotlight. Yeah, that's just the high package. Yeah. And then the Lux, it adds on adaptive cruise control, which I don't want any more driver aids, that's already gonna be on it, the evasive steering. Uh, A premium speaker system, which, you know, I'm no longer a teenager, so I don't really care about, you know, the primo speaker system with, you know, the 10 subwoofers.
0: But, bro, you need that wompty wompty womp.
1: Yeah, you don't have a 7-to-1 system? (laughs)
2: No, my my 1974 Ford pickup has one speaker in it, and it sounds terrible, and (laughs) I'd listen to that. So, and it has one radio station, so...
0: Please tell me uh, it's country. <laughs> uh,
2: no, fortunately, it's classic rock, so I'm okay.
1: That's still Southern. That's, that's fine. <laughs> that's still fine. Um, At least it's not like yeah. the, the Cove wireless speaker sitting in the cup holder. <laughs> okay, whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: Uh, you know, I did whoa, that whoa, when whoa. I was in let's college. Not, let's not be a hater here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, I did that in the Yars. The Yars had stripped door cards, and that's where all the speakers were, so I used a Bluetooth speaker in the cup holder. <laughs> Hey, we're all of the generation who remember uh, having to plug the
0: Walkman into the cassette adapter into your cassette deck. Yup.
2: You know, you want to know what's bad. When I was in college, my first car in college did not have a radio. And I had a portable stereo with the cassette player. Then I used the cassette adapter to use my Walkman so I could listen to CDs, plugged into the cassette player in the portable radio sitting in the passenger seat. So that's how I listen to music. Oh, nice.
0: Off. Boom box in the shotgun seat. That is uh, a yeah. struggle radio right there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so about it. Uh, radio is not my, my thing anymore. So yeah. I don't really care so much about having the big speaker package, but I think a lot of the other options on yeah. here are really good. You know, standard carpet flooring, standard cloth seats, uh, it's going to have five seats because I'm looking at getting the four door. Okay. Uh, so it'll be a little bit bigger. Uh, you know, I've got four kids, so I need more seats.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not Nate, enough for go. the
2: entire family to go for a ride, but you know what? For the majority of my driving, they don't drive with me anyway. So
0: it's yeah. over here. Like where's the, uh, where's the third row Bronco?
1: With the, it's uh, got the, It's a
0: matter of time.
1: It's got the rubble <laughs> seats that are mounted to the back. I could see that.
0: Right. It's funny, actually. Me and Nate have looked at this before. Uh, there are people that make those third row seats for Wrangler mm-hmm. four doors. Yes. That is a thing.
2: And actually, the two-door Wrangler back seat will fit in the back of the four-door Wrangler. And you stick it, it in the sense. back in the cargo area. And I've seen it both ways where they'll face it front ways and they'll face it back ways. And they both fit. And people have done that. Now, you're outside of the roll cage at that point. So people will do a roll cage adapter for the back end so that they are within the safety confines. And I've not found any legalities against doing this. As long as it's bolted to the ground, you've got seatbelts. They don't seem to care. Hmm. That
0: really seems now, like it would be illegal.
1: That
2: is not legal advice if anyone's listening.
1: Well, I can't imagine it would be DOT legal nowadays, but backwards dated, or uh, I don't know, if it looks somewhat legal. It's the same as riding in a, a truck bed. As a kid, You know, we used to do it all the time, but nowadays they're all like, you can't do that. And it's like, well, they probably notice that more now than they did back in the 90s.
2: Well, I think that's regionally based, because I know the law specifically states in Georgia that mm-hmm you can ride in the back as long as you're over the certain age. Right. Yeah.
1: So, Stephen here, if you were to actually, because I know you're on the fence teetering teetering towards buying another toy, but really don't need one, what would be your spec?
0: Uh, So let me preface this with the uh, the reason for my teetering uh, is mostly just because, uh, like, 90% of the rest of the people in the world As soon as the pictures of the new Bronco dropped, my wife was like, this is this is our next car. (laughs) So there's that keeper. But she would like to have a uh, stick because stick shifts the superior transmission. Suck at the rest of the world. that said that 10 speed auto I've driven it in auto in the new Mustang Ford's 10 speed auto is absolutely badass no question yep don't care 100 100 (laughs) percent. three three pedals and a shifter is the correct answer all the time in every vehicle Uh, so that'd be our limit one of the big limiting factors as far as what trim for me is because of the you know being stuck on a stick and for now, Ford's saying that they're not going to do a Sasquatch
1: pack with the stick, right? which is pretty lame. Which, again, uh, I would contend, could you d- dive into Ford's parts bin and take like other people's takeoffs from the Sasquatch pack and throw it on your car?
0: For sure, for sure. But uh, I don't know if you could do it as cost-effectively, right? So from our right. research and uh, what we've been able to determine from the interwebs, all this is unofficial still, the Sasquatch pack is going to cost like 5G's maybe less, maybe three roughly somewhere in there. Yeah. And uh th- three to f- even at five grand on the high end, right? For 35s front and rear electronic lockers and re gearing both diffs down to 4.7. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you could get the parts for that.
2: Not for four grand or five grand.
0: Yeah. Even, even at five grand, I don't think you could get the parts for it. So you're looking
2: at beadlock tires, 35 yep. inch wheels. Yep. You're looking at front rear electronic axles. Just the blocking diffs alone, that's probably two grand, three grand. Not including the labor. That's just the part.
1: Yeah, not including labor. And then yeah, and the a gearing. The gearing, uh, I would say yeah, is a high cool.
2: clearance suspension. So the suspension, that's a whole new suspension. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, the
0: gearing is a null cost because the gear sets are gear sets. It's not costing Ford anymore.
2: And then if, you're going to have an extra set of wheels and tires because you had to take off the stock ones to put on the
0: bigger ones. Well, just tires, but yeah.
2: If you decided to not go for the beadlocks.
0: Yeah. yeah. Beadlocks are cool and all, but uh, I'll be honest, I don't wheel hard enough to need beadlocks. And for 99.5% of the people listening, neither do you.
1: That's good for you, though, is that's the reason why Ford made the Bronco Sport, so you can have all the looks while not actually having to go off-road. First (laughs) off, I'm going to need you to get that sacrilege
0: out of my house right now. (laughs) uh, So, uh, you know what? Actually, we'll we'll circle back to that one in a second. I I got some stuff about the Bronco Sport, but we'll circle back there in a second. (laughs) Uh, Sure. So, yeah, for me, I think it would be a super base model because I can't get the Sasquatch with the stick. And if I can't have the thirty-five in the locker, then I don't really care about any of the other options either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Right. So why not just go is... for the super cheap, super base truck?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I do think in it'll take a long time, like nine years or so, that mm-hmm. manual super stripper trucks will actually wind up being the desirable ones
1: if They're they work. Right. I mean, how would they not work? Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, say the transmission ends up being a complete farce, like the MT82 thing, and then all of a sudden, like, it's not worth it to get a, a manual, or anything, and then that's also that, a right?
0: concern, right? This is a brand new trans. The seven speed is a brand new unit, first year of production, which that's always sketchy, mm-hmm. but right. it's made by Getrag, so there's
1: that, right? And and. For the most part, Ford doesn't make complete and utterly and totally shit transmissions. I say this while I know all my Mustang guys are screeching their heads off. The MT-82 is taking your guys' abuse (laughs) just fine, and then you're blowing it up once or twice. It's not like the T-5, which is blowing up input shafts. You're breaking clutch packs and stuff. It's completely different. Yeah, most of
0: the T-5 issues are (laughs) shifting-related. Or Sorry, the MT-82 issues are shifting-related as, to T, as opposed to T5s, which just literally explode under power.
1: Right. Um, if anything, this new transmission would have... It wouldn't have shifting issues because you're not going to be wide open throttle shifting it off-road. You sh- shouldn't be wide open shifting it Whoa. off-road, but... <laughs> you don't know me? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I just... Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: So, uh, for me, it would be definitely super base. The two-door to four-door thing is kind of weird. Uh, you know, I've got a kid, so four-door is the obvious answer. But for reasons that you wouldn't really suspect, I kind of want the four-door. And it has more to do with the soft top, that you can't get the two-door in a soft top. And I like soft top. Yeah. Tops. Okay. Weirdly, I can understand. Great, for a super base truck, the four-door is a $4,500 upgrade over the two-door. Yep. But if you move up one trim just off of uh off the floor up to the big bend. Mm-hmm. The gap from 2 door to 4 door drops to like 3. Actually a little less than 3. Yeah. I'm not sure what and... the cause is there, but that'd be my uh, you know, long story short I guess that'd be mine would probably be a one notch off the bottom of big bend. Uh, 4 door manual 4 cylinder.
1: Yeah, and we, we keep literally going back no. to this all the time, but you get more vehicle, you get more metal for your money than you do in the t- two-door. Uh, I mean, sure.
0: I like two doors, though, in in, in literally everything. Cars, yeah, trucks, I, I, I'm, a, I'm about it. Yeah. Ancient Moving up
2: to your Big Bend also gives you the 32-inch tires. Yeah. Which is the 30 on the base.
0: Uh, weirdly, and I see that, but I'll raise you. The base wheels are so freaking awesome. They're sixteen inch steel. Correct,
1: which is the correct answer for off road. I'm just. Saying, <laughs> I agree with him on this one. Like, off road wheels are not supposed to be light.
0: Uh, or twenties. Uh, larger diameter is negative. Is a negative in every way. Congratulations on pu- on your mall crawler. Go put your twenties it- up
1: for those of you who are kind of also probably brand new to the off-roading like idea set or whatever else typically you want to run the biggest tire physically possible in your suspension setup because more tire fills in more crack um you don't really off-road with 18s or 20s that it's just that's right absurd so large tire diameter is good and small wheel
0: diameter is good
1: yeah true. Physically more sidewall is. Yeah. Awesome. But you have to also look
2: at your tire options. So going yeah. up from a 16 to a 17 inch, 17 inch has a lot more tire options. Yeah. Versus uh, the 16 inch. So your black I, diamond will give you your steels.
0: I would disagree that. Well, okay, 16, I'll grant you. I was going to say 15 is also way better in tire selection than 17 is. True.
2: But 16 kind of seems to be an oddball, at least as far as yeah. the off road community. You got your fifteen. 17. Uh, Seventeen is a very standard size. It is, yeah. Or trucks, so that's why you're going to have lots of off-road tire selection. I'm not saying there's no selection for sixteens, but you're going to be paying more for the same tire because they're making less of them and there's less yeah. demand.
0: And there's nothing off-road past seventeens, so that's that's another issue.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean it's going to be a there's good off-road. No off-road.
0: Yeah, well, right. There's- there's lots of uh, mud terrain, but there's nothing that's actually any good off-road once you go past 17s.
1: Yeah. And this goes back to the old adage where if you don't see a racing team doing it, then you probably shouldn't do it either. And it's the same concept of <laughs> yeah. the wheels. If yeah, for sure. I don't <laughs> see you buy a buy hot truck with a 22-inch wheel. I'm just saying.
0: Right? <laughs> so, yeah, I actually, uh, in short, I actually like the Steedleys. I would totally rock them. I got no issue with Steelys. But yeah. Uh, that's my spec, I guess. Base ones. So what about you, Craig? You're asking everybody's uh what's your uh preferred spec here? Or are you probably um not
1: unpopular answer. I yeah. would not get a Bronco. Un- okay. Unpopular.
0: Okay. Um, I would also got?
1: um I believe in this generation and this world that we're living in, a man who knows what he's about is a very treasured thing. And I know that I am vehemently against off-roading and, and that sort of world because I know that off-roader guys put all their money into their vehicles and then they go off-roading for about a couple of hours and then they break something and they pull it back and they spend a lot more money. And I'd rather be spending a lot more money on the racetrack where I go out for a couple minutes and then break stuff and come back and spend a lot more money. I was gonna say um, it sounds just like racetrack gas.
0: Not very far apart. No,
1: it's the it's it's we're you know, we're we're it's Blood Brothers. You know, if you're racing your vehicle, it doesn't matter if it's drag strip or circle track, or if you're off-roading your vehicle, it doesn't matter if it's bogging or, you know, woodlands doing whoops down the sand dunes. You know, anything vehicular has the same type of mentality. That said, if you were to like say, Hey, we want you to buy a Bronco and which one would you get? I would I'd be tempted to actually get the the Big Bend two-door with the manual and the four-cylinder. Um, a, I really like the idea of the the EcoBoost 2.3 liter. I really like that engine a whole lot. I liked it in the Ranger, and I think the 10-speed is going to be good. Um, but I do want kind of the more spruced-up than base here options for the same reason Nate said that we're getting up there in the age, and I, I have less patience for modifying vehicles now if I can just buy something that's good I will do that um, and I would also probably go through Ford's little magazine of like hey you can add all this stuff and get myself a little like the 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 branch deflectors because I think that looks cool I'd be I'd be a total faker honestly I'd deck it out <laughs> I got a floodlight I got a Baja rack I don't mind about the soft top fuck soft tops I can
0: see this Craig's going to be that guy it's uh, you know rooftop tent on top that's worth more than some people's cars well I don't know Seven, so 17 here's the thing shovels and a
1: high lift jack strapped on the sides here's the thing about rooftop tents right is that they're they're great and kind of concept and idea but like they add they add so much weight above the pivot angle for the center of gravity that that doesn't make it cohesive for trying to go over rocks and like going up and down hills I would actually hardback tent it
2: so I it would depend on that so sure It, a lot of the overlanders who really don't do like the rock crawling thing, but they're driving on, you know, the fire into the boonies. Right. And then they're camping. Right. So they'll pop open their tent and they'll camp out. Right. So yeah, I would agree if you were thinking about that you're going to have to climb a mountain. Yeah. With your vehicle and it's pretty much a 90 degree angle. Yeah. You probably don't want to put a tent on the top. Probably don't want to put that roof rack on the top. More if anything, drag a trailer behind you.
1: Right uh with enough but, with enough yeah, winch anything is possible right and you know i would do the whole bougie thing i'd get the ford uh half doors and i'd probably all drab the green the whole sides whatever else probably find some grill to pif- piss off a uh, wrangler with the seven slots but put on a ford and because they have legal rights to it suck it jeep
0: suck it jeep <laughs>
1: I think I think honestly this is a good car. I think it's a good I think mechanically it's going to be a good vehicle. It sounds like it's matching all the off-roady wants and it is well thought out.